Hey guys, I'm Daniel Wren. I'm excited to be hosting Financial Residency today and into the future. Now, obviously, I'm a new voice, and Financial Residency has had some pretty big changes lately. Let's start out there before we get into the show. Now, I know Ryan shared the lowdown last episode or a few episodes back and talked about his plans for handing off the baton and made some introductions to myself and some others that will be helping out going forward. So hopefully you were able to check that out already. But if you hadn't, definitely make sure to do that and check it out. But in short, I'll be taking over the personal finance shows going forward. And so I'm super excited for that opportunity to talk with you and really help pick up where Ryan left off. Now, since I'm new, I wanted to clarify my plans and tell you just a quick bit about myself. Now, I know this is financial residency, obviously. And so, first of all, I wanted to make sure and really refocus on that original theme of financial residency and focus kind of on you know, a new season of providing that educational content on personal finance that's really honed in on, you know, specific things for you. Second thing is you don't have to worry about a hidden agenda with me. Now, I'm going to be doing these shows going forward. And oftentimes, these sorts of avenues involve hidden financial pressures. So with me, I'm not going to be selling out. Like you don't have to worry about that. In fact, I don't accept those sorts of payments due to my planning business. You know, we have chosen to not take on those conflicts of interest. And so, in fact, I'm not making any money to do this podcast. I'm not going to be, you know, selling student loans, no real estate deal commissions, all that junk behind the scenes. You don't have to worry about third party payments to me influencing what I'm going to say to you. So you might be asking like, well, you're not making money, why are you doing this? Good question. First of all, I enjoy it. My my day job is working one-to-one with physician families, and that's great. I enjoy that as well. But in that work, I kind of miss out on the one-to-many, just general education, and I enjoy that too. In fact, I already have a podcast. It's called Finance for Physicians, where I'm able to do that, and I'll continue to be able to do that even more so with financial residency. Second thing is it's a great way to naturally and not aggressively market my one-to-one planning business. Now, of course, that is a conflict of interest that we should get out in the open. So if you're, you know, a great fit and you're interested in that one-to-one help, you know, of course, we're going to recommend talking to our planning firm. Third thing is if you're curious about my style and the type of content we're going to cover I would encourage you to check out my existing podcast, Finance for Physicians. You know, very similar approach to what we're doing here with financial residency. If you're really curious about what that's going to look like, definitely go and check that out. Okay, so that's enough about me. With that, let's get into today's show. What's up, guys? Hope you're having a great day today. Today, we're going to start our series on vitals checks for your finances. So I'm sure you're familiar with the medical vitals. And just to kind of refresh, so vitals are those measurements of the body's most important basic functions. And really, they're kind of that key first measure or metric or indicator of your health and where it's at today. You can also compare them to general targets to kind of get an idea of where people are. 
they can be a big clue into diagnosing some bigger problems, especially when you kind of take it into consideration of what's going on for the individual. You can even track them over time. I know, for example, with my resting heart rate, I use a Fitbit to kind of track my resting heart rate. And that's a really good indicator of like your overall respiratory health and physical health. These vitals can really start to give you kind of a picture of how you're doing, whether it's for the better or worse. And you can even set goals and use vitals as like progress check. In general, though, I'm sure you guys are all totally familiar with the big ones that you typically look at, like blood pressure, heart rate, temperature, respiratory rate, I think is the other big one. But those are like the kind of the primary vitals. There's a bunch of others that you might look at, but the purpose is to give you that measurement, a quick check on the body's most basic functions. So we're going to be talking about financial vitals that you might look at to kind of give you a quick check on how you're doing. Before we get into that, I wanted to start out with just some clarification. So I think with health vitals, we're measuring against the individual's situation. So if you have a patient, you're going to look at their circumstances and situation and say, you know, I'm sure like an infant has like completely different vitals than like an elderly and so you're measuring against their situation. You might even take into consideration what the goals are or what you're kind of after. So that's what you're measuring against. So same sort of thing with your financial vitals that we'll talk about. You got to know what you're measuring against. So if we're looking at our financial vitals, we're looking at your situation. Where are you at today? And what are your values, goals, priorities? What's most important and where do you want to go in the future? It's important to... Be clear on, well, your situation, I guess, is somewhat straightforward. It is what it is, like you are where you are, and some of it you can't control. Usually that's more straightforward. The part that is very personal and varies is the goals, values, priorities part. And so I think before we get into going through these vitals checks that I'll give you, I think it's important to start with clarifying or making sure that we're clear on values. What's most important? What are your goals? That way we can have something to measure against besides just your situation. That's where we start to personalize, you know, how you're doing. So I'll give you a quick example. So today I'm just going to talk through helping clarify your values and what's most important and where you want to go or the goals. And in further in future episodes, we're going to talk about the actual vitals that we're going to check. So the big vitals like blood pressure, heart rate, but for your financials, and you can start to measure those against these values that you identify. But I'll give you an example. So let's say one of the vitals we'll talk about is net worth. Let's say that just on one end of the spectrum example, let's say it's extremely important for you to be as charitable as possible, like building wealth is not important. That's not like a huge value. On the other hand, compare that to another person that like building wealth is extremely important and financial independence and that sort of thing. So your net worth, that number and how that vital looks is going to be completely different depending on what that underlying value is. So we need to boil that down. That's an often overlooked one is just making sure you're clear on those values first. I think that's a huge first step. And this is kind of like your homework, you know, before we get into these vitals checks, I think you got to be clear on these values, goals, priorities first before we get into those. So we'll talk through those 
values. Most of our time today, I think we're going to kind of just work through clarifying why should we start here and some ideas for how to start to boil that down and maybe think about some questions to ask yourself and start to get to a point where we can kind of like iron out what those look like for your situation. So we'll focus on that today. And then, like I mentioned in the next few episodes, I'll talk through some of those key metrics or vitals that you should be looking at financially to measure how you're doing in relation to this. Okay, so why are values so important? You might recognize or be thinking, yeah, that makes sense. Like values are, you should think about your values. But what I'm saying is it's like extremely important. Like it's a huge deal. It's the most important thing and you have to do it first. You got to be clear on those. Really, when I say values, I mean, where do you want to go? What's most important? What does the good life look like to you? What are your priorities? What are your non-negotiables? What, you know, motivates you? These are going to be the key factors that, if you're following them, allow you to live like a great life. That's why they're so important. It's the difference in living a good life or not. If you're following your values, you're in alignment with your values. That's, you know, a fulfilling life. If you're not, that's a problem. And so that's the big reason why it's most important to think about this aspect first before we start to get into the vitals to look at financially. What happens if you are not clear on your values? I think that's also important to think about. So this is kind of a thing that people's lives evolve. So maybe you're in a season where you're not exactly sure what's most important or where you want to go. That's very common. I've been there before in seasons of life. The problem with that is that when you don't have a clear idea of this is you're always going to be moving somewhere. But the problem is other things will pull you typically away from your values. So like, for example, the culture is going to pull you towards the norms within it or your friend group or whatever are going to pull you towards their ideals. And so you're going to get pulled towards whatever those look like. And the problems happen when those are in conflict with your values. And that's often the case is that what we see, and I've felt in my own life, is oftentimes the values I have are in conflict with a lot of the cultural values or the typical values you see. So without clear understanding or clarity on your own values, you're going to be naturally pulled away from them. We all know the cultural norms. What do you think of the cultural norms financially? I think immediately of like bigger is better. And maybe people don't like say this, but at the end of the day, like their actions speak louder than their words. So like big SUVs, maybe that's important to you and that's all good. But culturally, it's definitely kind of a pull we feel. Material is definitely a big pull. Immediate gratification is huge. You deserve more. Stuff is the key to happiness. I think perfection is a lot of times this pull we feel like that's the only way we're going to be truly successful or feel good. Those are all these kind of pulls that we're feeling. Maybe some of those are okay. Some of those are just, they are what they are. But the question is more of what do you want your life to look like? And how do you want to live? In a lot of cases, it's probably going to be different than that. And in order to deviate, it requires intention. Like that's the key. You have to take initiative and chart out the path. So the question is, what are your values or goals, priorities, and purpose? And in its most basic form, really, we're asking, like, what is most important to you? And so, for example, in my life, family is a big deal. 
as you start to think about these things, like it's good to kind of explore like what other things don't just stop at families important. There's always competing values for people and maybe even peel back the layers. So what is the why behind it? Why is that important? A lot of times you'll gravitate to the direction of what is the purpose of all this or what is my purpose? I mean, that's a good question to ask. How do I fulfill that? And then how do I balance it all? Because they're all competing too. So like, how do I balance today versus tomorrow? And today, how do I balance all this stuff that's pulling me in different directions? So those are kind of the big things to think about as you're starting to boil this down. I'm going to talk through some questions. I feel like that's the best way to work through these is just to really just think about brainstorm some of these questions and they'll really get you thinking the right direction and kind of just write down your ideas and brainstorm and then you start to boil it down. So that's my favorite way to start here is just to think about some really good questions. So I'm going to talk through some of my favorites here. This is kind of like a series of questions. I've mentioned this before in a prior episode. George Kinder was the one that came up with these questions. We just call them the three questions. So the Kinder three questions. So the first question, I want you to imagine that you are financially secure, that you have enough money to take care of your needs now and in the future. The question is, how would you live your life? What would you do with the money? Would you change anything? Let yourself go. Don't hold back your dreams. Describe a life that is complete, that is richly yours. So this is just kind of getting you to think about what is a good life look like. It kind of removes the bounds of money. Imagine that you're financially secure. I think that's a key part is like you have plenty of money. So what does this life look like in an ideal where there's really no financial bounds? And it gets you kind of started thinking down this. So second question, this starts to establish a little bit more boundaries on the question. So here's the question. This time you visit your doctor who tells you that you have five to 10 years left to live. The good part is that you won't ever feel sick. The bad, the bad part is that you will have no notice of the moment of your death. What will you do in the time you have remaining to live? Will you change your life? And how will you do it? So this is really just establishing like that time bound. You're in a good position financially, but you only have five years or five to 10 and you're not going to know when. So if time is limited, like what is really important? How are you going to change based on this limitation here? As I start to think through this, it really, this question helps you think more about the moment, living in the moment or today and enjoying that. Because I think that's a key part of living of values and establishing what's most important is not missing out on living in the moment. This is the third question. This time your doctor shocks you with the news that you have only one day left to live. Notice what feelings arise as you confront your very real mortality. Ask yourself what dreams will be left unfulfilled. What do I wish I had finished or had been? What do I wish I had done? Did I miss anything? So Obviously, this is a much more limited time bound. Today's your last day. What are you going to miss out on? So as I think through this, it's like all those most important things that I wish I had done. It really helps me boil down on like what is the truly most important thing. And some good examples, I think, that sometimes come up. It's like I've always heard the phrase. I like this phrase. You can look at somebody's calendar and their 
checkbook and you'll get a good idea of their values. And so a lot of people work, for example, like just a ton of hours. So if you look at their calendar, it's like all work or all business. And so maybe as they go through this exercise, they're like, I wish I had spent more time with my kids because they're young. It's easy to get caught up in that race and not realize it. Nobody on their deathbed is like, man, I wish I had worked more hours. More often you hear like, man, I wish I had not spent so much time in that. And so this really helps you start to boil that down. What is really most important if you had one day to live? So think through those questions. I think especially if you're having trouble, some people have a knack for just kind of thinking this direction. But I think either way, these are good questions to start you thinking that direction. The other question I like, this is a little bit more geared towards starting to help you boil down the goal that's most important or like, where do you want to go? So that kind of fits in this context, but it's a little bit of a different spin. So this is from Dan Sullivan, strategic coach is what it's called. It's like a coaching service and he's written books and all that stuff. Here's that question. If we're having a discussion three years from today, and you were to look back over those three years, what has to have happened over that period of time, both personally and professionally, for you to feel happy about your progress? So it helps you think in an ideal world, we're looking at three years from now, and you've knocked it out of the park with whatever you're working towards, professionally, financially, personally. And you can think one year from now, you can think three years from now, 10 years from now. So put yourself in that position of it's now three years from today, and I'm pumped up about how well I've done, say financially, and I'm rewinding back to today and saying, okay, what has to have happened for that to occur? What's going to make me pumped up about my success financially three years from today? I think that question helps to boil down on like more future. Like I said, what would you like to accomplish? So all this stuff, it's not going to be like crystal clear and it's pretty big picture. And I think the key is start to brainstorm. Like I said, just get it all on paper. Think about like, how are you going to prioritize all these things after you start to get all this down? And then also think about what's going to get in the way of me accomplishing whatever it might be. And really, ideally, you start to bullet down to like a few things. I'll use my example, just kind of talk through it. So from a value standpoint, my faith, my family, building a business, having balance in life, those are like huge. Lifelong growth is a big deal. Independence, hard work, those are like big, huge things for me. I have a lot more like littler stuff, but they all kind of fall into those big values. Living a modest lifestyle is another thing for me is important and setting an example for my children of balance being able to hit long-term goals like retirement and education funding for my children. Those are important, but like balancing those other values, is like a huge deal for us. Those are like the values. As I start to boil down what my goals are, I kind of look at what is the future going to be and how do I start to execute on those values. So retirement by 60, like being able to save money so that I'm on track to have that option to retire by 60, provide education for my children. Vacationing more in retirement is a big deal. Maybe some big house projects along the way. 
So that's what I would describe as balancing modest lifestyle, hard work, being able to balance in like family and time and all that. And then for us, one of the big things is going back to the modest lifestyle and balance. Given that we have enough resources financially coming in, our goal is to give the remainder away charitably and as much as that number gets. I mean, so as income increases, giving more charitably is another big goal. So I'm kind of talking big picture. As I boil this down, like for us, it's our income, making sure it's in alignment with being able to save for those long-term goals and not working so much that it pulls me away from the other important areas of life. Those are huge. And then as I see financial success above and beyond those primary goals I mentioned, giving it away so that we can maintain that modest lifestyle. That's kind of how it shakes out in my situation. So that is like hugely important in starting to work through these financial vitals that I'll talk through. In fact, it's like impossible to really measure against anything until you know this. So this is kind of like the what are we measuring against aspect. So it's important to really iron it out. You don't have to have it perfect. In fact, it's never perfect. It's an evolving thing. It's like a lifelong thing. You have to continually tweak it. Like I said, it doesn't have to be perfect. You don't need to spend like hours and days and months and years. It's kind of like the sort of thing I feel like carve out 15 or 30 minutes or so to think through the questions and write down as much stuff as you can get out of your head in that period of time. If you're married, share it with your spouse or go through the exercise with your spouse, limit it to like 15 to 30 minutes, and then go through each thing that comes up and circle the highest priority things and bullet down to three to four of the most important things. That is a huge first step to kind of getting on track and having something to measure against. Because like I said, this is where you're able to start to say, okay, this is how I'm going to live my best life. This is what it looks like so that I know what I need to do. So like I said, we'll get into some of those key vitals that I mentioned in the next few episodes. We'll talk through those and iron those out. I think that's probably plenty for today. And hopefully it's been helpful. We'll look forward to jumping into the first vital cash flow spending savings giving ratio. That's the first vital we'll talk about. So we'll jump into that next time, but look forward to catching up then and hope you have a great rest of your day. Please know that anything I've said today in this podcast should not be considered advice. It is completely for educational and entertainment purposes only. It would be best to view me as just another guy talking about money on the internet. For advice, please consult your advisors. If you don't happen to have a financial advisor already, I happen to know a firm that's absolutely fantastic. It's actually the firm I started and currently run now, Ren Financial Planning. And we would love to get to know you better and see if we might be able to help. Feel free to reach out anytime to schedule an introductory meeting. You can find more info about us at www.renfinancial.com.